son of a fire Doing whatever I had to do to survive I'm not saying what I did was alright Trying to break out of the ghetto was a day-to-day fight Being down so long, getting up didn't cross my mind But I knew there was a better way of life And I was just trying to find You don't know what you do till you put under pressure Cross 110th Street is a hell of a tester Across 110th Street Pimps trying to catch a woman next week Across 110th Street Push a woman to junk it go free Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show for our first hour. Joining us this week, Missy Clifton and our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. Does that mean I'm supposed to start? Sure show. This song is by a guy named Bobby Womack. And uh, where I've... I never heard this song when it was made, like in the 70s. Um, he was a, kind of a guy that was in the shadows of another guy named Sam Cooke that everybody's heard of. Um, and it, did I, I didn't play this song last week, did I? Not that I'm aware of. That's that's well, not. Well, I, I don't. I don't. I tell you what. I would have talked about, and the movie that it's a part of is a movie called American Gangster, with Denzel Washington, and um, it's a, not I hated a, that movie because Denzel was bad. Yeah, and I always liked Denzel as the good guy. Well, the thing that got me is the Vietnam part. Uh, because I knew a lot of those guys. They were all about 10 years older than me. But basically, they're smuggling drugs from Vietnam, even in, like, in caskets. And uh, it shows them over in Saigon, kind of, you know, a lot of this stuff going on. It's, 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 it's very poignant to me. But um, it's kind of dark too. It very dark. It was dark and, but he ends up coming out of prison at the end, and it's like it's a new it's a new beginning. But um, this guy Bobby Womack, I remember seeing his albums back in probably nineteen seventy seventy one. He was contemporary with a lot of people, you know, like the OJ's and. And people that were, it's the kind of the tail end of the Motown thing right before it started morphing into disco. Uh, because that's kind of where your R&B soul stuff kind of went. It kind of went into disco. Uh, play uh, Disco Inferno. Put that on there. And I think I've played it before, but it, it was a song that we played at our fraternity house quite a bit. This would have been about 1977, and it's by a group called The Tramps with two Ps. But, uh, you know, and you can sort of, you can kind of get 
it's gone from soulful to more dance music, you know, and I mean, and definitely more leisure suits. Remember leisure suits at all, Missy? Oh my God, my my dad came home one time and in a. <laughs> He came home from Las Vegas in a leisure suit that was epic. My brother and I busted out laughing. I remember Dad, he had collars on his shirts that literally went down this far. And, you know, of course, along with the leisure suit. Chops. Came the chops. But I... um, my father was so unfashionable then. No, your he dad was, was still wearing the. He was same still thing. in his Brooks Brothers. Yeah, he 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 wore that same thing. <laughs> Everybody kind of did what they had to do, but the point that I, I'm trying to make by, you know, we've all been affected by R and B and soul, but this Bobby Womack is a guy that I just kind of like. All right, get rid of that. We're done with the tramps. Yeah, Tandy. Ask Tandy Lewis about them. Is this is where you're going to do the scripture? Yeah, this That's this is after where the tramps. After the tramps. Okay, somehow this has something to do with the Book of Revelation, uh, chapter ten. Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, wrapped in a cloud. I mean, if you've you're just sitting around, maybe you've had a glass of wine or something one night. Read a little bit of Revelation; it'll blow your mind. And, and 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 people don't realize that this is in the Bible because very rarely would some person in a church, like a pastor or a preacher, ever preach a sermon concerning Revelation. I, I don't know that most of them know what to make of it. With a rainbow over his head and his face was like the sun and his legs like pillars of fire. Now, usually when... In the Bible, when his face is like the sun, that's usually talking about Jesus or God the Father because they are described as having a face that shines as if it were almost nuclear. And his legs like pillars of fire, he had a little scroll open in his hand and he set his right foot on the sea and left foot on the land. That's interesting. And called out with a loud voice like a lion roaring. See, that's the other thing. When they talk about God speaking, it's like it's this incredible sound. I've actually heard it also described in the Bible as a sound of many waters. So this sound of God speaking. When he called out, the seven thunders sounded. And when the seven thunders had sounded, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying, Seal up what the seven thunders have said and do not write it down. Now, why? That's for the next story hour. All right. So there's a lot of things going on in the world. There are people, you know, I'm convinced that there is a God and that he knows exactly what's happening. But there are also people out there uh, that that think they're God. And one of them is the governor of, uh, of, of California. So, um, you know, this is something I had to discover this and tell Missy about it. She didn't know it was out there. Ha ha. It's a joke. It's a joke. Okay. Just, it's a joke. 
Governor Newsom signs bill to censor California doctors accused of spreading COVID misinformation. So I did read this. It's and then then Newsom goes on to say, now this is only concerning COVID. It's like, oh, okay, we're going to take one little issue and say you can't talk to people about ivermectin or uh, hydrochloroquine on this, but you can say whatever you want about heart disease or whatever that how the hell do you go in and surgically uh tell somebody uh, you know this is the only thing you can talk about yeah make no mistake ab 2098 is a doctor censorship law it is to muzzle doctors it's the beginning of it's it is the beginning of a i think a real scary trend um and well, if, I'll be honest with you. In a sense, the doctors have been, they're used to it. I mean, they've been being told what to do and say by insurance companies for a long time. You know, the insurance companies are the and ones. that is true. Yeah, that is that, true. That, that are calling the shots on how you get treated and stuff like this. So it's not like they're not used to getting you know what slapped and so it, it you're in california what did you expect well for you know but you have to look at this under the wow. the fact that um intelligent people are outsourcing their critical thinking skills to the cdc and the fda and and by the way i i'm gonna i'm gonna contend that uh the fda approval doesn't mean jack toots that it basically <laughs> means business deal done yeah but back to Gavin Newsom. Follow the money. Follow, follow the money. money. And, and that's what we've talked about you know, before. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's relevant to us in Kentucky because you're looking at a situation where a state is being you know, the model of what's going on. And what's happening, by the way, they are, they are facing declining state tax revenues because businesses are moving. Corporations are fleeing. Businesses are moving out. But for the left... It's a we in their own little world. That's not a bad thing because that means more people will be dependent upon the state. I mean, look at Venezuela. That is the left winger's dream, and there is almost no uh, free enterprise there. The whole country is starving, and there's a few people that are making good money. It's what they dream of. It's what they want. They don't want. Uh, average people to have decision decision making power or the ability to improve themselves economically. Well, I got to hope that by the, some of the things that I was reading were discussing the recent K through twelve test results in California are so dismal that they are not broadcasting those and trying to keep those under under the radar until after the election. Okay, I'll give you an example a little closer to home. What's the quickest way to begin to destroy a city economically? What is one of the quickest ways? Keep people in poverty. No, even better than that. What's going to keep people from going around and doing Fear things? of safety. Exactly. So do you think that our little mayor over here doesn't know exactly what all this crime is doing she acts like oh you know what it's it's um 
the police have it all under control. Da 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 da. No, Tom, I don't think she knows. No, here's the thing. I, I do. I don't think she didn't get to be president or uh, whatever she is, mayor, by being a fool. She was very calculating. She figured out things how she could get this done and that. But I think her plan for Lexington is to let things spin out of control. She has no interest in bringing in new businesses. Or she help. doesn't know how. She's not a business person. She's a former yeah, but, nurse. But you know what? People who want to run something, they figure out how. She wants to cut ribbons and open buildings. I think what she's interested in is way more than that. I think she's interested in complete control. And what she wants to do is make sure there's not anybody smarter or wealthier or more powerful in the room than she is because she regards that as competition. And if you have a thriving business environment, that's what you get. That's exactly what I think Gavin Newsom is doing in California. That's the way left-wingers think. And they say, oh, but she's a Republican. No, she's a control freak. This is happening everywhere. It's this, this idea if you silence people and shut down, if you shut down business, the economy, you're shutting down a free flow of ideas. What is the economy? What are businesses other than transfer of, of economic resources from one idea to another? You know, everything starts with an idea. We operate in this country, in my opinion, on a flawed set of ideas. The idea that somehow the government and the central uh, authorities are going to take care of us. But, you know, at least half the people in this country think that way, a lot of them with very good education. For that, I will agree, because I believe that sick is the new norm I agree. That we live in a world that creates drugs to treat diseases that we created. You got it. End of story. And we might not have created it, but we, let me tell you something. And I, I will tell you a story about the doctor that, that our mayor worked for. He always encouraged me when she was a nurse. He was the doctor. He was her employer. He encouraged me, to, you know, do what you got to do to strengthen your immune system become strong build up your immune system you know what i did for the next 20 something years i mean i i do a lot of stuff i'll get a serious infection in my in my uh in my uh sinuses and i'll wait it out i'm not going to take antibiotics unless i absolutely have to nor Why? should you well, and I used to when I was a kid because they gave it to everybody. But lately, and I mean by lately, that's like the last 20 to 25 years, I don't do that. I make my immune system do the heavy lifting. You know what they used to talk about? I don't know if you ever read the book Cold Mountain, but it was about, We've talked about, it before. about a guy who got this horrible wound in the Civil War before penicillin, before everything. Could have died, was feverish for weeks this whole thing finally he recovers you know in the movie or in the book he gets shot but they say that the the civil war veterans that endured these horrible wounds whose immune systems had to fight them off 
lived way up into their 90s because, you know, they had these gargantuan immune systems. That's what we were built with. And and the the uh, pharmaceutical industry would, would rather you substitute their drugs for your immune system. That's what's going on. It's like, let's outsource your immune, not only outsource your thinking, but outsource your body's defense system to there. That's why all these people that have had three or four COVID shots are getting all kinds of going on with them. I mean, you know, that's because it's it's calculated. Let's just turn it all into, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a you know what show. And this is the same thing. When this is how people like this, they want to be governed like this. Half of them are glad he's telling doctors to be. You know, you and I act like it's the most horrible thing in the world. There's people cheering this. They're cheering the mayor. You know, why did why does Cloyber uh, not stand up? Most people say, "Oh well, it's too bad," but that she's nice and everything. It's what we do in this country. We outsource everything, and we turn real stupid because of it. You know, I can speak actually to a personal level. In a prior career, I was pushing Pfizer pharmaceutical products. You didn't. I to. did go I through training. That. Yeah. At 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 Pfizer, I I intensive training on how to sell pharmacological interventions to doctors, as if I have an MD, Dinners. which I do not. <laughs> yeah. Dinners. Right. But it's interesting because um, I can even remember being there and them talking about the z and saying, hey, you may hear things out there, but if you, for you and your family, do not take the z more than once. I hear people all the time so they're saying, oh, the doctor prescribed me a z got a z got a z When I was going through training, they actually talked about the fact that a z should be used so sparingly. And, of course, I don't think anybody would argue with the fact that an overuse of antibiotics, you know, does, is, isn't good for the body because it makes it rely. It does not allow the body, it was designed to fight off some of these viruses, the ability to do what it's designed to do. Well. I don't think it fights off viruses. It fights off infection. I know a guy. Right? <coughs> well, bacterial infection. We were talking, yes, you're right. Thank There's you. a good friend of mine. He uh, was subject to uh, a bunch of uh, antibiotic treatments. We all know that the gut is where your good stuff is. That's why people take probiotics and things. He got enough antibiotics over a period of time that it nailed his gut hard. He ends up with this thing called C. diff. Bottom line is he's had to have part of his intestine removed because it became so uh, messed up with this bad biotic called C. diff, which is a it's a thing for the Latin C something. We have got to rediscover all the things that God graced us with thinking, reasoning, spirituality, our bodies, the way they function properly and get used to the fact that 
that life is really hard and in order to face it and, and, and keep doing it, you have to make yourself go through some tough things and, you know, you can't rely on all these outside inputs to fix yourself and you have to think for yourself. You have to look at a lot of stuff and don't fall for stuff and, but pursue that which is right and good and beautiful it says that in the Bible, the, the big philosophers, Aristotle and Plato, they say the same thing. You just have to dig in and, and figure out where is the good stuff and go find it and, 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 and drink it in. I don't think there's ever been a more important time to dig in and really look into things. That includes your finances. If you need to take a look at your portfolio, give us a call, 859-233-0400. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Missy Clifton sitting in. We will be back in just a few minutes with more. Stay tuned. I can just see a leisure suit right now. Let's not. I'm Tom Dupree. I've been in the investment business for nearly 45 years. I started off as a municipal bond salesman. Over time, I used my knowledge of local and state finance to study corporate finance and revenue streams. When I decided to focus on purely retirement investing nearly 20 years ago, I became convinced that the most important feature of retirement investments should be cash flow with growth secondary. Retirees need monthly income. We invest in things that produce recurring revenue because you have recurring expenses. Call us today at 859-233-0400 to make a no-obligation appointment. We will review your retirement investment portfolio and make recommendations. Also, listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturday mornings from 7 to 10. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. Fifteen is my drone. Randall Collins is his name. 
Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show for the second half of our first hour. Joining us, Missy Clifton, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. This is by Norman Blake. Norman Blake was a session musician known primarily as a dobro player uh, for years in Nashville. He's, one of the people he backed was uh, Johnny Cash. He was born in Chattanooga. Now, what's interesting, where he lives now is a place called Rising Fawn. Where's Rising Fawn? It's on. Is you ever been down highway uh, the the highway that go the interstate that goes south from Chattanooga in that little corner of Georgia when you're taking I twenty four back up towards Swanee, you get off and there's a uh, road that goes down to Birmingham Interstate fifty nine. Right alongside it is U S Route eleven. And right in that little northwest corner of Georgia is a little town called Rising Fawn. Now, I bought something there one time years ago. I bought a little replica of a barn that had Sea Rock City on top of it. It was handmade in Rising Fawn, Georgia. And that little thing, we still have it. It's a birdhouse. Lisbeth leaves it outside. But you it want w- it inside in the living room where it, you want it. It's really well made. I mean, it's it's got, you remember the old things that had Sea Rock City uh, on it? Of course, Rock City's actually in Georgia. Everybody says it's in Chattanooga. But that's Norman Blake. Uh, he lives back down there, kind of near Chattanooga. It's, it's going down toward a place called Cloudland Canyon. One time, uh, my son went to a prep school down in Chattanooga for one year. Was trying to play football, and he found out that if he wasn't, his dad wasn't talking into the coach's ear all the time, which I couldn't be 300 miles away, he wasn't going to play much. So he came back up here and played at Henry Clay. But the year he was there, um, we uh, – we're a member of a little club up on top of Lookout Mountain where they had great stakes. And so I had stopped at the uh, Cleveland exit and bought a lot of fireworks. And uh, I took Clark, my son, up. We, we went up there and had a stake up there at the Fairyland Club. And I asked the guy that worked there, I said, where's a good place I can go shoot some fireworks off? He looked at me like, probably not around here. So anyway, I got off on the backside of Lookout Mountain, the Georgia part, and I'm going down this road heading down to, I can't think, but it's a road that finally hit up with Interstate 59 down there. Uh, Trenton, Georgia, I think that was close to it. And uh, we got way down that road, and it was pitch black dark wasn't anything around so i said okay this be so i got out and put a thing of fireworks they start firing up in there all of a sudden a light comes on about 200 feet away and the guy sticks a shotgun out and starts shooting man we got in that you car. are making that up about sort of the- a little bit but uh we we got in that car and got the heck out of there 
The bottom line is, I guess there is no bottom line. This is fireworks where, have never been your friend, which this, is the this bottom is, line. This is where this is near where Norman Blake lives. He's eighty four years old, and he's basically moved back home. Which I love to things like that just mean a lot to me. And uh, you know, I mean, I I used to think my home was Harlan, Kentucky. But if any of you were out, and 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 I'm doing this on. Thursday morning, if any of you were out at the dog park this morning, I saw the most amazing uh, uh, sunrise. Uh, the, 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 the colors were so remarkable. And I put it on my Facebook page. So, anyway. Um, you were not alone with that sunrise picture. There were, there were several that were up at that hour and found it as remarkable as you so did. Other people, it was beautiful. Yeah. It, it was it was something else. Something I want to talk about. I don't know if we're going to experience this here in Lexington because we tend to be almost immune to what goes on in other places, but there's something happening politically. How do I know this? Well, I read um, things that I find that actually are giving us a better picture of what's really happening. There is a very good chance, and those of you that are Democrats and feel like, oh, I'm in my little blue heaven and all this, you may end up being really rudely uh, surprised uh, on November 9th. 8th. Well, the day after the election, uh, maybe the night of the 8th. Uh, there, we're seeing things in places like California where, uh, in New Jersey, where finally people are just sick of the Democrats and they're going to throw them off. And these are places that are every bit as blue as Lexington. Now, Lexington has had a lot of things that kind of, um, you know, uh, insulate it from having to really be part of the real world. But in many ways, Lexington isn't even part of Kentucky. It's like a separate entity. And I travel a lot of places in Kentucky, and I'm going to tell you something. The people in other places that I go, places like Bowling Green, even Louisville, they think a lot different than we think here in Lexington. We think insulation is good. But what we found, and, and two things I want to say. Number one, I have a guy. He's willing to pay right now, and it, and I don't know if this sign's still there, but you're almost right. You're you're you spend a lot of time right across the street from the Commerce Lexington building. Does it still have that sign that says Lexington is the third safest city in the nation? I think it does. I need to look when I when I walk yeah. home today. Well, this friend and uh, he's you know you know who I'm talking about. He is willing to pay ten thousand dollars to someone who can prove that that's absolutely true. Okay, so we got that going on. I wish that wasn't funny, but I mean yeah. it, it's not funny. It unfortunately, no. yeah. Well, there was something I saw that said that crime in all but three i think three cities has been on the decline it has and, new orleans the, is going up in lexington and there's one other one there are three lexington's crime has gone up 30 percent hear that people 30 percent okay, now i'm going to say something else that you, a lot of people aren't going to like this there's an organization there's several that are 
kind of focused on preserving the bluegrass and and basically what they believe their job is uh, is to um, keep any land in Lexington from being developed for any kind of large-scale business use. One of those is called Fayette Alliance. There's others. Um, They would never say this, but I believe them fulfilling what they are doing, which is keeping land from being used for anything other than horse farms, is actually helping keep our crime rate high. And you would say, oh, God, that's not true. You know, they just want beautiful horse farms and people going out to polo matches and having a great time. The fact is, what it creates is uh, uh, like an area that um, if you're not wealthy, it's very hard to find a job. Now, you go up to, um, let's go up to Georgetown. You have lots of people, maybe no college education at all, who've over the years built a million bucks or more up in an IRA. You go down to Nicholasville, and I spend some time because I go down there and um, go to the sportsman's club a lot of times in the morning. You go down to the quick stop down there, the BP on the corner of Catnip Hill Road and Nicholasville. Nicholasville. Donna, my, my, my good friend, uh, Donna Childress, She's great. She owns that. She's from Whitesburg. You go in there originally. She's been living in Nicholasville for a long time. But uh, it's full of just good old guys. A lot of Hispanic, white guys, black guys, out working people. Hard working. You got it. When you don't, you, I go out here to. Uh, you know, I'd, I'll get coffee at Starbucks. I'll go, I'll go out here to North Lime. I ain't seeing any working people. Yeah, they're not. Where are they in Lexington? Who's really working around here? I mean, you know, who that lives here in Lexington is going out and busting it in construction or something? I know they're around, but I don't see them. I sure see them down in, in Jessamine County. I see them up in uh, Georgetown. We've basically run out of here producers, people who do stuff. And, 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 and we've been told by the likes of Fed Alliance and our government, oh, it's okay. You know, we're, 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 you know, we have all this money coming in from where, you know, then we haven't even started on the school system. Because, you know, we, we beat up on the mayor and the city all the time, but nobody really looks. That's like you talk about a big sucking sound. I'm getting ready to pay all my property taxes, and about 90-something percent of it goes to the school system. And you know what? I can't even deduct my property taxes off my federal income tax anymore. I can't do that. You can't either. That's thanks to good old Andy Barr and the tax uh, bill that he said, oh, this is going to be great for you. <laughs> yeah, it really was. And um, and yet, who is 
Where do we hear of any accountability as to what's going on at the school system? All I know is they're buying people's houses for $10 million and, you know, they're going to build this and build that. They have something like 70 different projects going on because they got so much money coming in. They don't know what to do with it. It all comes from our property taxes, which have been jacked up by David O'Neill, you know, and, and so we got a problem here. Nobody seems to, you know, David Kloiber, are you running for mayor? David Kloiber? I mean, everybody we talk about says we got to get rid of this mayor. And who's running against? You know, he's supposed to be running a campaign. I mean, you know, what, what, what am I supposed to do? Nobody listens to this show anyway because they don't, uh, nobody ever, actually, we've had him on. Well, no, it's just what the hell. I mean, you know, you tell me. <laughs> you finally got to use that that's good well you know okay so I, I actually watched an interview that david gave it was on wkyt uh recently and it was interesting because um something was resonated with me back several years ago i was out at hamburg and i got pickpocketed Are yes you kidding me? i got pickpocketed that's cute i mean I, I couldn't Where believe were you it when it happened. I actually, so I finally figured out I had gone to, uh, you know, Hamburg shopping. I had gone to the Ann, uh, the Ann Taylor. I had gone to the DSW shoe house. I had gone to the Marshalls. A shopping spree. A little shopping. I, actually, I was just killing time. I hadn't purchased anything. And I happened to walk, I finally pulled out my wallet, saw a blouse I wanted and no wallet. And thought, wait a minute, where did it go? When were you around enough people that somebody could have? That's exactly okay. The longs the the point of the story. The point of the story is when so we we figured it out. It got caught on camera. By the way, the woman was extradited back to Florida because um she got it it was a lot of money in a very short time frame. I'll just get let me put it that way. she, she took the right credit card and she used it hard in about uh, and a little bit over an hour. It was less than an hour and 15 minutes. And the amazing thing is um, that when I was talking to, I had a detective that was assigned to my case because it was a very large number. And the detective told me that Hamburg was a prime spot. Because it's right on the interstate. Because of the interstate going east, west, north, south. Yeah. And well. those, and he said, he said, and the things that they do to target the people that are out there, that's why gangs have moved in. It is a very, it's a lucrative spot. Well, people aren't coming here for, not, me, for no here's reason. The They're only coming thing, here for a reason. Here's the only thing I can imagine. Leaders who are political leaders allow stuff to go on that they want to go on. <clears throat> There's got to be some kind of economic incentive that we don't know about where the mayor and somebody is okay with this crime rate doing what it does. There's something going on that we can't figure out because if it were really a priority, it would have been dealt with. I mean, it's dropping in other cities. Why is it not dropping here? There's something going on in Lexington that we haven't yet been made privy to. And, and you don't drop the ball on this kind of stuff the way it is like this without there being a reason to drop the ball. Well, she had a press conference two or three weeks ago about the violence and spent 15 minutes 
carrying on about all that she was she was doing and her people were doing. What is wrong with somebody when there's something when there's so much going wrong, they're what they're doing is not working, but they're not making any changes. That's that's why I say that is a that huge problem. It, there's something where it seems as if they're trying to do something, but I think they're the te- I think okay it was, with it being the way it is because it, if they weren't okay, they would do everything they could to fix. So, so it. I think not. there was more. I think it was more telling the pushback on the soccer field complex. I think that yeah, the, that finally that uh, they but they decided saying, not to do it, didn't they? They they that's that's and I'm. I'm not. I'm. I'm not. You know. I'm not versed to talk about it. All I know is, is that there seemed to be a very, uh, help, help me out here. What's the word? Uh, influential pushback on using that space. And I know. Back to David Kloiber. Um, I watched an interview that he did, as I said, on WKYT with he, Bill Bryant. With Bill Bryant, and he said uh, one of his one of his suggestions was is that um, by supporting affordable housing. Um, new builds along, you know, outside on the interstate. Um, and of course, supporting businesses to come into Lexington and then having those people where Lexington is an affordable place to live. Right. He said, what, what he was suggesting was activity around the interstates keeps crime down. And I was That's like, right. how is that? And he answered, the question was, he said that when you have more residential areas around a city, the residentials, the residents themselves demand safety, and that that in its in effect has a trickle down effect. Well, we're on demanding the city safety, and we're not getting it. So I don't know because we have deaf ears as our leadership. Well, there's there, there's a reason why you get the leadership you get, and the leadership has an agenda, and the agenda is not to keep Lexington safe. I see. I don't go with this thing of these people are just stupid and incompetent and they can't get anything done. I think they're smart enough to have gotten elected and do what they're doing. And I think there's something there. There's something nefarious about it. There's a desire to run off. I mean, people who are like this person over here, they don't want anybody coming in here with, a great idea or upstaging them. Their egos are big. They don't mind running people off and making it to where nobody wants to come and, and relocate a company here because you know, they're almost proud of the fact that our crime is so bad. I think I, I just find that um, our current mayor is so focused on the marginalized that she has made. She doesn't care about the marginalized. No, uh, what, what I'm says. saying is, is that the marginalized, at the expense of the majority of and and the city's health and welfare. Elites never care about what they say they care about. They all they only care about I, as themselves. I, I, we had a discussion uh, some time ago. I, I said it's like this narcissistic compassion over you know that just kind of an underhanded that you're supposed to care about things. And I, I do, I mean, people need to be heard. That's great, but not at the expense of the general society. I agree. And for, for the, and the health and welfare financially, personally, if you, all over if you, of, of a city. If you, if you screw the city and make it to where people don't want to live here, the tax base will go down. Then you can't pay the police and it'll just get worse. So, 
Go down that path. She's already want. depleted her reserves, so there's no reserve left if yeah, if she needs it. any extra money. <laughs> I mean, it's it's such a it's such if people if you are not concerned about the increase well, in crime in Lexington, are. it's like they, yeah. you know, they're not focused on it. And yeah, we were going to talk about Hunter's laptop and and, and the ability oh, to get him. It's closer. To, <laughs> it is very. Closer to it's home. and it gets keeps getting closer to home. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Missy Clifton. We've got our next hour coming up. Our financial guys will be joining us to give us an update on the market, which has been ever interesting lately. Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Hiding out by the water tank. Watching that strawberry.